Hello and welcome back everybody, SF Live episode 243 on a quite historic day in the precious metals, uh, or actually worldwide, it's not just precious metals, we're too self-focused and self-centered here, we're talking just precious metals, too much happening on the macro and global scale, uh, I'm sure you're aware of it, Russia has invaded the Ukraine, we've seen quite a bit of spikes, or quite a few spikes in the precious metal prices this morning, and uh, We've, we've like scheduled this interview with uh, Jordan Roy Byrne quite a while ago, so it's quite fitting to have him on today to make sense of the price action in gold and uh, how much of that is geopolitical and how much is it scoring with our fundamentals in gold and uh, where, where things are headed. Is this a peak? Have we seen a peak um, in the gold price for the next few months or is this just the beginning of more? And uh, Jordan will get to that in a few short seconds. But uh, before I switch over to my guest, follow us on uh, YouTube, follow us on Twitter, hit that like button as well. Uh, it tremendously helps with the algorithm. It's much appreciated. Appreciated. So please, please hit that smash that like button and uh, leave a comment if you wish as well. It's much appreciated. And uh, I've said enough of my words. Like, I don't have to do more of an intro. Jordan, it's it's great to have you on uh, of the Daily Gold. You're the editor publisher. I appreciate you joining us on this probably hectic and busy morning. Um, thanks for coming on. Oh, it's, it's going to be interesting. And uh, you, you planted the idea in my head. And now we're going to uh, elaborate and maybe go down a rabbit hole on it. Has, has gold peaked this morning? Um, I mean, that that's significant to me because if, if this was entirely just a Ukraine thing and nothing else, you know, may, maybe gold would have maxed out 1850, 1870. So I, I think generally speaking, big picture view, we're in really good shape in the precious metals. But that being said, it's possible that today we hit some kind of interim peak and it, it makes sense that it would happen on the day that uh, the the invasion started. And so, you know, moving further out, the qu question is if there's an impact to energy markets beyond what has already been discounted, uh, then then that's, that's something to keep in mind. But if, if there's nothing there, then at some point, uh, gold will probably give back these gains. And so today, I just, I think there's a, a real risk that, um, you know, we hit some kind of a peak today. And I mean, 1920 significant daily resistance, 1900 as well, but uh, 1960, there's also some resistance there. So it makes sense that we moved up and, and potentially peaked around 1960. Okay. It's going to be difficult, but let's try to take the event from this morning or uh, the, 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 well, the, let's try to take war out of it this morning and, and go back 24 hours. Uh, how was your technical view of gold at that point? And what were some of those resistance levels that we were looking at? And how much was geopolitical up until like 12 hours ago? It's it's difficult to quantify. I, I was looking at 
uh, I think I mentioned to subscribers, I mean, 1900 is very significant re, uh, resistance, you know, daily, weekly, quarterly, and monthly chart. Uh, but then I also mentioned 1910 and 1920. So on a daily basis, those are the key levels. So, so perhaps the move above 1910 to 1920 up to 1960, I mean, in the very immediate sense, perhaps um, 50 or $60, uh, that's attributable to the immediate invasion in the last day. Yeah. Um, 1920 seems to be like one of those those uh, technical lines in the sand. Uh, we, we had a hard time breaking through 1920 up until like 12 hours ago. And now we're bouncing off 1920 coming from 1976. Do you, do you think that line is, is really where we're at? And uh, like, what should we be looking out for? Or what is something you're looking out for that might signal a, a, a breakout to the down or upside? Like, and breakout is a, is a term that, uh, sorry, I got <laughs> elaborate on that. We've been chatting beforehand, but uh, breakout is a word that uh, like discovery or or, is, or uh, in, in mining seems to be frowned upon, right? So uh, how do you right. quantify well, I that? Think I, well, one thing I would say with breakouts is focus on horizontal levels and not trend lines. That's where people get into trouble. They're using trend lines and downtrends that break and uh, to, to call breakouts. So focus on the horizontal levels. And so, I mean, fortunately for gold, I mean, what I'm looking at is 1900 on the weekly and monthly chart and also quarterly. Now we're five weeks away from the end of the quarter. So, I mean, that's too far, but fortunately we only have what, two or three more days here until the end of the month. So, I think Monday is the last trading day of February. So on Monday, focus on that close and see if gold, I mean, if, if gold can close above 1900, I mean, not 1901, if it can close, you know, 1913 or 1917 or 1920, that would be some evidence that you're probably going to see continued buying pressure um, into March. Now, if gold, you know, it gave all this back and it closed at, you know, 1885 or 1890, uh, so that would be on Monday. If that happens, then that would probably signal that gold is going to stay in the, you know, mid-1800s or so. Yeah, uh, maybe a bit of an amateurish question, but to what, why is the monthly close so significant? Like, what does it tell you? And it, it's a Monday, so it's not even a Friday or so. Um, the monthly close is Monday afternoon. Like, why is that significant? Well, I, I think it, it it's it's a it's a longer time frame. So like the quarterly close, I mean, a lot of books close at the end of the quarter. So I think I don't know if if books close. I mean, we do know that they close quarterly if we're looking at funds. Um, and so the monthly close is obviously not as significant as the quarterly, but I mean, it's it's more significant than the weekly, which is more significant than the daily, just because the monthly, it's the end of the month. And, um, you know, people look at returns and certain results at the end of the month. So it's it's much more significant than the weekly and the daily. And, and you can, and oftentimes a market will make a really good move, but you want to see if it can hold the bulk of that move, the gains, into you know the end of the week, the end of the month, and then the end of the quarter because it's significant because we could see gold. I mean, it, people are excited. It's above 1900, you know, 1925 now. It hit 1964 earlier. But if it were to close Monday, the end of the month at you know 1885, it would signal well, gold had this great move, but it couldn't even hold these gains 
into the end of the month. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Like just more of a clarification just for our listeners, like what that actually means, like how to put that into context as well and to h- how to play it as well. So if you see the 1885 close, let's assume that you're actually expecting more weakness overall in, in the gold price. That's quite interesting. Um, one, one thing that puzzled me observing the market, obviously, this morning is uh, gold has been up quite a bit this morning. It, it lost some of its gains, uh, but the GDX, the GDXJ and the mining stocks are down. Can you put some context around that for us? Can you sort of actually help me understand what I'm looking at? Well, I actually have a fundamental answer for you. And it's kind of weird for a technical guy to give a fundamental answer. But, you know, oftentimes we hear people talk about, well, you know, gold is at 1900, but the stocks are trading as if gold is 1600. That's not quite right. They're trading like gold is at 1600 because the margins of the companies are the same as they were at 1600. So the the gold problem with the gold stocks, why they always underperform or at least have been for many years, is after we get these peaks in gold, the gold price goes down. But at the same time, while the gold price is lower, the costs of the miners have been increasing. And so we've seen this, that you know, the peak 18 months ago. Since that point in time, the costs to mine gold because we have general inflation. I mean, they've been rising while at the same time, you know, gold has been trading around 1800 instead of at, you know, 2050 or 2070, where the peak was. So the gold stocks or the margins are getting squeezed uh, on both sides. And so, you know, circling back to now, when are margins really going to expand? Probably when gold can sustain a breakout above 1900. So, that's why the action in the miners is interesting right now. I mean, if they fizzle out for the next couple of days before uh, gold is able to, you know, hold above or close above 1900, you know, that could be a signal that gold is not going to take out 1900 on this monthly close. So in other words, the gold stocks will really move big when we get a sustainable breakout above 1900. Interesting. Okay, I was just looking. Actually, forgot. I haven't checked actually the oil price this morning, but uh, it's up tremendously. So, uh, Brent, which is the uh, the European type of uh, oil, it broke a hundred hundred dollars. It's at one hundred and three right now. Uh, WTI is trading at ninety six fifty. That sort of explains that as well, because now you have cost and uh, cost pressures weighing on the miners as well. Um, from a technical and fundamental or technical side, um, volume wise, like, do you see people going into cash right now? Um, I titled the video, by the way, uh, "Investors Fleeing into Gold and Silver." Is that actually a fair statement? Am I on the wrong track here as well? Um, I mean, I, I think for the last couple of days, it's it's a correct statement. But you know, we'll have to again, we'll have to see what happens over the next couple of days in the end of this month to see if this is just a little peak in the market or if it's more of a meaningful peak. But I mean, if you're looking at gold against the S&P 500, I mean, we talked about that in past videos. I mean, that's important and that's been favoring gold recently. So that's a general good sign. Um, But also, you know, capital recently, I mean, it has been flowing into gold and then also like uh, uh, Newmont Gold and Franco Nevada. So I, I do think the big money has been starting to dip into precious metals and get exposure that way. And again, you know, the market has to take out 1900. And then at that point, we're going to see more capital flow into the rest of the miners, flow into silver, flow into the juniors. And I mean, it'll be great. We'll make lots of money at that point. But yeah, that that needs to happen for 
silver to move, but also, you know, the, the majority of the gold stocks, I think. What I thought was interesting to see as well this morning is actually gold moved up significantly. Silver broke $25. Bitcoin was down 3-4%. Um, can you frame that for us? Like everybody's been saying, well, Bitcoin is the new safe haven asset. It's like, I don't think that's true. Like the market has told us very different this morning. You're, yes, you're absolutely right. Bitcoin is not a safe haven. It's not a currency hedge. It's not a store of value. It doesn't fit any of those things. If you look at how Bitcoin has traded in the last 10 years, and I've done some videos on it, and Bitcoin is really a tech stock. It's been highly correlated to the NASDAQ. It's made its best moves when the stock market has been doing really well. And when you look at gold, it's been the complete opposite. You know, the stock market does really well. Gold doesn't do well. It, has to, it usually has to be the opposite. So Bitcoin is getting hit with the rest of the tech stocks and uh, people are, you know, a lot of people who've gone into Bitcoin, they're going to, they're getting an education with all the losses <laughs> that they're having at this point in time. And I don't know, maybe in, in three, five years, Bitcoin will go up again, but it's not, you know, it's not a real competitor to gold that trades completely differently. It's think of Bitcoin as a tech stock. It's, it's not a currency. It's not a hedge. No, fair enough. I think they're going down in tandem right now as well. So um, yeah, I don't even dare looking at the tech stocks these days. It seems like people are finally understanding that valuations do come into play at some point, and uh, I think that's catching up to them. Um, Jordan, like, how are you playing the markets right now? Like, we talked fundamentals, obviously, and technical uh, aspects of it, but like, how are you investing or not investing in this market right now? And what kind of advice do you have for our listeners? How how should they play it right now? Just sit still or deploy, take out? What do you think? Well, it's very difficult to give general advice, but I would say that you want to be buying weakness in precious metals and just try and, you know, try and buy good companies. Look for good companies that are good values that you think are going to add value over the next year or two. Um, you know, don't chase the, if you're looking at charts, don't chase the rhino horns, you know, be careful about chasing those types of moves. And, um, you know, we're, we're in a good situation here. You know, maybe the huge move in gold is not starting right now. Maybe it's going to start later this year. Uh, but you, you do want to be positioned. You don't want to get too cute because it, it could take off and you might miss it. But yeah, generally just put, you know, buy weakness and accumulate on weakness. And, you know, there's the, the move is going to it's probably going to start sometime this year. And so you, you want to be in, you want to be invested, but, you know, don't feel the need to chase anything. Okay, no, that makes sense. And uh, we, we got to see how this plays out now for, for a while as well, because the GDX is down. GDXJ has been down today as well. That has me puzzled a little bit. But again, we, we talked about valuations of the miners and cost pressures as well uh, with, with oil exploding today. So re really interesting to see. Um, well, Jordan, what, what's next for you? Daily, the Daily Gold? Um, how often do you publish? Just, just pump yourself a little bit uh, and uh, give, give us our listeners a bit more insights into what you're up to daily. Well, follow me at thedailygold.com. I mean, I do a pretty extensive weekly update that you'll get on the weekend. I do some flash updates and I produce a lot of free content. So you can videos, interviews, articles. So you can get all that at thedailygold.com. Fantastic. Jordan, I really appreciate you, you taking the time today. I know it's, I'm, I'm sure you're insanely busy looking at looking at charts, actually, and seeing what's going on. So I do appreciate that shedding some light on the situation in the markets right now, precious metals, especially. Uh, thanks for your time. Thanks for coming on. Much appreciated, Jordan. No, my pleasure, Kai. Thanks for having me.
Fantastic. Everybody else, really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for joining us here. Thanks for learning with us about the gold and silver price and what, what actually what it means, what the moves mean this morning. Uh, this was SF Live episode 243 with Jordan Royburn. And uh, make sure to follow him at thedailygold.com. And uh, he's also on Twitter. And uh, give him a like, give him a follow. It's really appreciated. Thanks for sharing your insights again. And uh, make sure to give this video a like so the algorithm finds it and uh, more people can share and uh, see what we're up to. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll be back with more soon from a new studio. Jordan, you were uh, I mentioned you we're our la very last guest here in this studio and uh, we'll, we'll have you we'll have to have you back once you're in vancouver maybe in person even that'd be great really looking forward to fantastic it. jordan thanks so much and uh, everybody take care hello and welcome back everybody sf live episode 243 on a quite historic day in the precious metals uh or actually worldwide it's not just precious metals we're too self-focused and self-centered here we're talking just precious metals too much happening on the macro and global scale uh I'm sure you're aware of it. Russia has invaded the Ukraine. We've seen quite a bit of spikes or quite a few spikes in the precious metal prices this morning. And uh, we've, we've like scheduled this interview with uh, Jordan Roy Byrne quite a while ago. So it's quite fitting to have him on today to make sense of the price action in gold and uh, how much of that is geopolitical and how much is it scoring with our fundamentals in gold and uh, where, where things are headed. Is this a peak? Have we seen a peak um, in the gold price for the next few months or is this just the beginning of more? And uh, Jordan will get to that in a few short seconds. But uh, before I switch over to my guest, follow us on uh, YouTube, follow us on Twitter, hit that like button as well. Uh, it tremendously helps with the algorithm. It's much appreciated. So please, please hit that, smash that like button and uh, leave a comment if you wish as well. It's much appreciated. And uh, I've said enough of my words. I don't have to do more of an intro. Jordan, it's it's great to have you on. Uh, of the Daily Gold, you're the editor, publisher. I appreciate you joining us on this probably hectic and busy morning. Um, thanks for coming on. Oh, it's, it's going to be interesting. And uh, you, you planted the idea in my head, and now we're going to uh, elaborate and maybe go down a rabbit hole on it. Has, has gold peaked this morning? Um, I mean, that that's significant to me because if, if this was entirely just a Ukraine thing and nothing else, you know, may, maybe gold would have maxed out 1850, 1870. So I, I think generally speaking, big picture view, we're in really good shape in the precious metals. But that being said, it's possible that today we hit some kind of interim peak. And it, it makes sense that it would happen on the day that uh, the the invasion started. And so, you know, moving further out, the qu question is if there's an impact to energy markets beyond what has already been discounted, uh, then then that's, that's something to keep in mind. But if, if there's nothing there, then at some point, uh, gold will probably give back these gains. And so today, I just, I think there's a, a real risk that, um, you know, we hit some kind of a peak today. And 
I mean, 1920 is significant daily resistance, 1900 as well, but uh, 1960, there's also some resistance there. So it makes sense that we moved up and, and potentially peaked around 1960. Yeah, it's going to be difficult, but let's try to take the event from this morning or uh, the, 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 well, the, let's try to take war out of it this morning and, and go back 24 hours. Uh, how was your technical view of gold at that point and what were some of those resistance levels that we were looking at and how much was geopolitical up until like 12 hours ago? It's it's difficult to quantify. I, I was looking at, uh, I think I mentioned to subscribers, I mean, 1900 is very significant re, uh, resistance, you know, daily, weekly, quarterly, and monthly chart. Uh, but then I also mentioned 1910 and 1920. So on a daily basis, those are the key levels. So, so perhaps the move above 1910 to 1920 up to 1960, I mean, in the very immediate sense, perhaps um, 50 or $60, uh, that's attributable to the immediate invasion in the last day. Um, 1920 seems to be like one of those those uh, technical lines in the sand. Uh, we, we had a hard time breaking through 1920 up until like 12 hours ago, and now we're bouncing off 1920 coming from 1976. Do you, do you think that line is is really where we at? And uh, like, what should we be looking out for? Or what is something you're looking out for that might signal a, a, a breakout to the down or upside? Like, and breakout is a, is a term that uh, you, sorry, I get <laughs> elaborate on that. We've been chatting beforehand, but uh, breakout is a word that uh, like discovery or or is or uh, in in mining seems to be frowned upon, right? So. How do you right. Well, I that? think I, well. One thing I would say with breakouts is focus on horizontal levels and not trend lines. That's where people get into trouble. They're using trend lines and downtrends that break and uh, to to call breakouts. So focus on the horizontal levels. And so, I mean, fortunately for gold, I mean, what I'm looking at is 1900 on the weekly and monthly chart, and also quarterly. Now we're five weeks away from the end of the quarter, so. I mean, that's too far. But fortunately, we only have, what, two or three more days here until the end of the month. So I think Monday is the last trading day of February. So on Monday, focus on that close and see if gold, I mean, if, if gold can close above 1900, I mean, not 1901, if it can close, you know, 1913 or 1917 or 1920, that would be some evidence that you're probably going to see continued buying pressure um, into March. Now, if gold, you know, it gave all this back and it closed at, you know, 1885 or 1890. Uh, so that would be on Monday. If that happens, then that would probably signal that gold is going to stay in the, you know, mid 1800s or so. Yeah. Uh, maybe a bit of an amateurish question, but what, why is the monthly close so significant? Like, what does it tell you? And it, it's a Monday, so it's not even a Friday or so. Um, the monthly close is Monday afternoon. Like, why is that significant? Well, I, I think it, it it's it's a it's a longer time frame. So, like the quarterly close. I mean, a lot of books close at the end of the quarter. So, I think I don't know if if books close. I mean, we do know that they close quarterly if we're looking at funds. Um, and so the monthly close is obviously not as significant as the quarterly, but I mean, it's it's more significant than the weekly, which is more significant than the daily, just because the monthly, it's the end of the month. And, um, you know, people look at 
returns and certain results at the end of the month. So it's it's much more significant than the weekly and the daily. And and you can and oftentimes a market will make a really good move, but you want to see if it can hold the bulk of that move, the gains into you know the end of the week, the end of the month, and then the end of the quarter, because it's significant because we could see gold. I mean, people are excited. It's above 1900, you know, 1925 now. It hit 1964 earlier. But if it were to close Monday, the end of the month at you know 1885, it would signal, well, gold had this great move, but it couldn't even hold these gains into the end of the month. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Like just more of a clarification just for our listeners, like what that actually means, like how to put that into context as well and to, how to play it as well. So if you see the 1885 close, let's assume that you're actually expecting more weakness overall in, in the gold price. That's quite interesting. Um, one, one thing that puzzled me observing the market, obviously, this morning is uh, gold has been up quite a bit this morning. It, it lost some of its gains, uh, but the GDX, the GDXJ and the mining stocks are down. Can you put some context around that for us? Can you sort of actually help me understand what I'm looking at? Well, I actually have a fundamental answer for you. And it's kind of weird for a technical guy to give a fundamental answer. But, you know, oftentimes we hear people talk about, well, you know, gold is at 1900, but the stocks are trading as if gold is 1600. That's not quite right. They're trading like gold is at 1600 because the margins of the companies are the same as they were at 1600. So the the gold problem with the gold stocks, why they always underperform or at least have been for many years, is after we get these peaks in gold, the gold price goes down. But at the same time, while the gold price is lower, the costs of the miners have been increasing. And so we've seen this, you know, the peak 18 months ago. Since that point in time, the costs to mine gold because we have general inflation. I mean, they've been rising while at the same time, you know, gold has been trading around 1800 instead of at, you know, 2050 or 2070, where the peak was. So the gold stocks or the margins are getting squeezed uh, on both sides. And so, you know, circling back to now, when are margins really going to expand? Probably when gold can sustain a breakout above 1900. So, that's why the action in the miners is interesting right now. I mean, if they fizzle out for the next couple of days before uh, gold is able to, you know, hold above or close above 1900, you know, that could be a signal that gold is not going to take out 1900 on this monthly close. So in other words, the gold stocks will really move big when we get a sustainable breakout above 1900. Interesting. Okay, I was just looking. Actually, forgot. I haven't checked actually the oil price this morning, but uh, it's up tremendously. So, Brent, uh, which is the uh, the European type of uh, oil, it broke hundred dollars. It's at one hundred and three right now. Uh, WTI is trading at ninety six fifty. That sort of explains that as well, because now you have cost and uh, cost pressures weighing on the miners as well. Um, from a technical and fundamental or technical side, um, volume wise, like, do you see people going into cash right now? Um, I titled the video, by the way, uh, "Investors Fleeing into Gold and Silver." Is that actually a fair statement? Am I on the wrong track here as well? Um, I mean, I, I think for the last couple of days, it's it's a correct statement. But, you know, we'll have to again, we'll have to see what happens over the next couple of days in the end of this month to see if this is just a little peak in the market or if it's more of a meaningful peak. But I mean, if you're looking at gold against the S&P 500, I mean, we talked about that in past 
videos. I mean, that's important and that's been favoring gold recently. So that's a general good sign. Um, but also, you know, capital recently, I mean, it has been flowing into gold and then also like uh, uh, Newmont Gold and Franco Nevada. So I, I do think the big money has been starting to dip into precious metals and, and get exposure that way. And again, you know, the market has to take out 1900. And then at that point, we're going to see more capital flow into the rest of the miners, flow into silver, flow into the juniors. And I mean, it'll be great. We'll all make lots of money at that point. But yeah, that, that needs to happen for silver to move, but also, you know, the, the majority of the gold stocks, I think. What I thought was interesting to see as well this morning is actually gold moved up significantly. Silver broke $25. Bitcoin was down 3-4%. Um, can you frame that for us? Like everybody's been saying, well, Bitcoin is the new safe haven asset. It's like, I don't think that's true. Like the market has told us very different this morning. You're, yes, you're absolutely right. Bitcoin is not a safe haven. It's not a currency hedge. It's not a store of value. It doesn't fit any of those things. If you look at how Bitcoin has traded in the last 10 years, and I've done some videos on it, and Bitcoin is really a tech stock. It's been highly correlated to the NASDAQ. It's made its best moves when the stock market has been doing really well. And when you look at gold, it's been the complete opposite. You know, the stock market does really well. Gold doesn't do well. It, has to, it usually has to be the opposite. So Bitcoin is getting hit with the rest of the tech stocks. And uh, people are, you know, a lot of people who've gone into Bitcoin, they're going to, they're getting an education with all the losses. <laughs> that they're having at this point in time. And I don't know, maybe in, in three, five years, Bitcoin will go up again, but it's not, you know, it's not a real competitor to gold that trades completely differently. It's think of Bitcoin as a tech stock. It's it's not a currency. It's not a hedge. No, fair enough. I think they're going down in tandem right now as well. So um, yeah, I don't even dare looking at the tech stocks these days. It seems like people are finally understanding that valuations do come into play at some point and uh, i think that's catching up to them um jordan like how are you playing the markets right now like we talked fundamentals obviously and technical uh aspects of it but like how are you investing or not investing in this market right now and what kind of advice do you have for our listeners how how should they play it right now just sit still or deploy take out what, what do you think well it's very difficult to give general advice but i would say that you want to be buying weakness in precious metals and just try and you know try and buy good companies. Look for good companies that are good values that you think are going to add value over the next year or two. Um, you know, don't chase the if you're looking at charts, don't chase the rhino horns. You know, be careful about chasing those types of moves. And um, you know, we're we're in a good situation here. You know, maybe the huge move in gold is not starting right now. Maybe it's going to start later this year. Uh, but you you do want to be positioned. You don't want to get too cute because it, it could take off and you might miss it. But yeah, generally just put, you know, buy weakness and accumulate on weakness. And, you know, there's the, the move is going to, it's probably going to start sometime this year. And so you, you want to be in, you want to be invested, but, you know, don't feel the need to chase anything. Okay. No, that makes sense. And uh, we, we got to see how this plays out now for, for a while as well, because the GDX is down. GDXJ has been down today as well. That has me puzzled a little bit. But again, we, we talked about valuations of the miners and cost pressures as well uh, with, with oil exploding today. So re really interesting to see. Um, well, Jordan, what, what's next for you? Daily, the Daily Gold? Um, how often do you publish? Just, just pump yourself a little bit uh, and uh, give, give us our listeners a bit more insights into what you're up to daily. 
Well, follow me at thedailygold.com. I mean, I do a pretty extensive weekly update that you'll get on the weekend. I do some flash updates and I produce a lot of free content. So you can videos, interviews, articles. So you can get all that at thedailygold.com. Fantastic. Jordan, I really appreciate you, you taking the time today. I know it's, I'm, I'm sure you're insanely busy looking at looking at charts, actually, and seeing what's going on. So I do appreciate that shedding some light on the situation in the markets right now, precious metals, especially. Uh, thanks for your time. Thanks for coming on. Much appreciated, Jordan. No, my pleasure, Kai. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Everybody else, really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for joining us here. Thanks for learning with us about the gold and silver price and what, what actually what it means, what the moves mean this morning. Uh, this was SF Live episode 243 with Jordan Royburn. And uh, make sure to follow him at thedailygold.com. And uh, he's also on Twitter. And uh, give him a like, give him a follow. It's really appreciated. Thanks for sharing your insights again. And uh, make sure to give this video a like so the algorithm finds it and uh, more people can share and uh, see what we're up to. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll be back with more soon from a new studio. Jordan, you were uh, I mentioned you we're our la very last guest here in this studio, and uh, we'll, we'll have you. We'll have to have you back once you're in Vancouver, maybe in person, even. That'd be great. Really looking forward to Fantastic. it. Fantastic, Jordan. Thanks so much, and uh, everybody, take care.